This is the New Blue Review with Benji Shulman. Uh, let us move on to the economy from the healthcare side. Uh, we're talking to Pumalani Majozi, uh, and he is a, um economist. We've had him on the show before, and uh, we're going to be talking to him about uh, the economic response to the crisis. Pumalani, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome again to the New Blue Review. Good morning, Benji. I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I did. It was fantastic. The weather was excellent. And before, Polonia, I'll ask you a first question. Uh, just mm. to remind, if you ask him any questions, you can SMS us on 34519 or you can telegram us 061-895-1019. Now, Pumlani, I, I, I started the show today by saying that I think the debate is starting to shift in South Africa a little bit away from the medical side of things and towards uh, the economic debate and the opening up of the mm. economy. Is that something that you're seeing as well? That's, that's, the, that's what I'm seeing as well. Hey, I see a lot of um, sort of people speaking out um, quite strongly that the economy needs to be reopened, that the lockdown is now behind, that the lockdown was used to or at least we expected it to be used uh, for government to prepare for the worst, that we cannot evade or that we cannot avoid. So now we have to restart the economy. Uh, people like Gerrit Cliff have been quite effective in passing the message. I think I give a lot of um, sort of I praise him for that. So there's been various voices. I was looking at the media as well over the past week reading through of the commentaries, people talking about um, the need for people to get back to work, uh, the damage that's being caused by the lockdown, you know, and basically that we are seeing more harm now uh, by government policy than the virus, which is something I very much agree with. Much of the damage we are facing right now in our society is not the virus COVID-19. It's government's bad policy of locking down the economy. That's where we are right now. So what's also been interesting is to is to see the debate uh, sort of catching up with uh, with the economics. You know, I think uh, when the lockdown happened, uh, and then you had uh, some of the, the economic interventions and the stimulus packages, which we'll talk about uh, yeah. in a little bit. But I feel like uh, you know everyone didn't have information, and there weren't a lot of policy options. But now we're starting to see people saying, look. Uh, there, there are various ways to handle it. It's not just about either locking down or having a full economy. There's different ways that we can handle this and different economic measures uh, that one can take to help deal with this that don't necessarily have to be uh, just, uh, you know, stimulus and printing money. So wh- where are you seeing that debate on the economics of this thing? Well, firstly, uh, what we need, my view is that look at how Sweden has handled everything. Sweden, Right. They didn't close um, the key industries, but they rather changed the behavior of the people on the ground. Social distancing, making so that you, making sure that you sanitize, um, making sure that in some cases there are fewer people within the restaurant, within the restaurant sitting arrangements, and all of that. Um, Sweden never really shut down uh, their economy. They didn't lock down their country. They rather adjusted their behavior, which I think at this point it's what it's what we 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 need to do. Um, uh, my belief is that we don't need uh, huge government interventions here that we have been seeing uh, coming out quite strongly over the past months. What we need is for people to get back to work. 
Right. Reopen industries, get people back to work, and make sure that you put in policies that will ensure that we are going to see more production of goods and services. Because that's the way we can grow this economy. That's the way we can create the jobs. We've got to create, we have to create more goods and services, and government has to follow a policy that achieves that. So I think from an approach point of view, that's where, that's the direction we should be taking. And then this idea of saying we are going to, you know, we are seeing more, um, we're going to approach it from a huge interventionist kind of approach from government that is already doing great harm to the economy. And that harm didn't begin just now. You know, before we entered COVID-19, we're already in a recession, uh, two quarters of contraction by government policy. Um, and that policy seems to be continuing again and again. They don't seem to be sort of departing from it. And from that, from that perspective, it's quite, um, things are quite, uh, are, are quite gloomy from a realistic, um, uh, point of view. So uh, I saw an interesting uh, video from the Center for Risk Analysis looking at this, uh, 500 billion rand uh, package that, that Soron Corsa has put on the table. And what they were saying is that a lot of it was kind of priced into our budget already. It was to UIF and, uh, it was for loans and, and that sort of thing that actually kind of already existed. And so the actual amount that we're, we're paying, uh, in is, is more closer to 170 billion, uh, which is still a fantastically large number. And one of the things that they're concerned about is that, is that this is going to push, um, the amount of government borrowing uh, much further up. Uh, can you talk to us about what what is the the, the what would you say the, the the consequences of of such a move? Well, borrowing is not good um, because when we look at the numbers, um, if you want to track debt in South Africa, you will see that between 1994 and up until around 2007 if i'm not mistaken this is mandela and tabombeg these are Tabum, mandela and tabombeg's administrations the debts were government debt was kind of on the decline decline when you look at the data and then jacob zuma came in uh, into power in 2009 and then it's been increasing and increasing further and further up which means that basically we are living a life we can't afford Right. Our deficits, which is basically expenditure minus revenues, um, we are spending uh, more than we can afford. Um, this year, apparently, um, last time the Minister of, um, of Finance tabled his budget, he said we are seeing just under percent of, um, under seven percent of, of government, uh, of uh, budget deficit this year. With all that's going on right now, that's expected even to go up. Because already the economy is contracting and government doesn't receive much money coming through from tax revenue uh, point of view and the economy is being closed. So we are likely to see that going up. And that's not good because at the end of the day, you want to make sure that you keep your debts as low as possible because you don't want to become a country like Greece. Man, a few years back, actually, not uh, too far away back, Greece was kind of, the country was in turmoil, where government was indebted that it was seeking loans from different institutions, including International Monetary Fund, and they couldn't even meet um, the requirements that were required by those lenders. As a result, the country was in total chaos, um, because basically, suddenly it became clear that there are things that, you know, government can't afford. 
So we are pushing, if we continue borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, we are reaching a point or we are putting ourselves, ourselves in, in a position where we'll basically at one day, we are going to wake up in the morning and tell people, well, there will be no social grants now because we can't afford giving you that. There will not be uh, some sort of um, money that will go to infrastructure, right, to upgrade roads, to upgrade hospitals. There will be no funding to your schools in communities because now we can no longer afford that as we are more indebted, as we have to pay the debt to the people we are borrowing from. And that will spark chaos. That will sort of cause chaos at that time, that the country will could become, um, you know, um, in flames. And that's not the future we want. We want something that is sustainable, something that we, we can afford as a country, and that will mean government needs to curtail spending, right, and try to reform the economy, uh, doing things like privatizations and so on to ensure that, um, you know, we receive... We, we receive as much money as possible through the, um, uh, the private sector economic growth. That's the direction we have to take um, as a country. And um, that's what Sri Ramaphosa has to pursue as, uh, as the president of South Africa. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Reserve Bank. Uh, the Reserve Bank has been a site of a lot of debate uh, you know, mm, people yeah. like SACP and, and these sorts of groups have been saying that we need to nationalize the Reserve Bank because it's not held by the state. Uh, some suggestions at one point from uh, Ace Makashula that uh, the, the bank should be printing money in order for us to pay debts. What is your view on on, on and, in the Reserve Bank? Yeah, and, and Benji, I don't know if you know Chris Malikane. He's a professor at Vets University. Uh, he once advised uh, uh, President Jacob Zuma a few years back. He wrote another piece uh, for IOL where he was arguing the same thing that we know we can <laughs> we can print more money <laughs> to pay off deficits and to address <laughs> the challenges we face as a country. Um, which wouldn't work um, because, I mean, if you print more money, uh, what we are doing is that we are encouraging inflation because there's no change basically in the production of goods and services. That amount that is being produced of goods and services stays the same, yet we are pumping more money to households, right? We are pumping more money to people, you know, um, ind- individual people. There will be more money circulating, but with you know, with less goods uh, or with the same amount of goods and services. So those two things don't equate. So the businesses, they will have to adjust, you know, their prices up. So at least there is sort of a response towards the, the higher amount of money that is in the public. And that's going to push up prices. Um, the Weimar Republic in Germany, in Ellen, after First World War, uh, after after the First World War, uh, though they had issues that caused hyperinflation, but the moment they started printing more money, things got worse. Right? Venezuela, over the past uh, ten years or so, uh, we saw what's been happening there with high levels of um, of uh, of inflation, hyperinflation. It's because they followed the same policies as well. Um, they decided. To to, to print more money, to bring more money into the economy. Prices spiked again. Just beyond our borders, Zimbabwe, similar thing happened. With all the problems they faced then when Mugabe destabilized the economy years back, um, amongst the things they did was to force the central bank to print more money, you know, to address the mess that was caused by the president of Zimbabwe. Again, what happened there, we saw inflation going up to 
very very high levels which caused more caused uh, more poverty to people of Zimbabwe so we don't want we do have the cases in history that show us if you print more money you are you are putting more money into the hands of the public with the same amount of of goods and services 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 in place we are going to see prices spiking and going up and that's going to cause even more poverty so we don't want to follow the same policies that have totally failed and people like professor like uh, chris maligan i don't know exactly what's up with him that he could promote something like that and those who are calling to uh, for um for this to be done whether it's in the union side sides as well as within the nc as well as we've just mentioned uh, people like um Ace who want uh, more interventions um in our central bank So it's not going to work man It's going to set us in the wrong direction And it's going to cause more harm In this country And you don't need that at this point We're talking to Pumlani Majorzi today He's from uh, AfricaLiberty.org He's a writer and commentator We'll be back just after the break This is the New Blue Review With Benji Shulman you're back with 101.9 High FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the New Blue Review. Uh, good to be with you on this Monday morning. By the way, if you have any questions, 34519, that is the SMS line. Uh, you can ask us if you are an SMSer or if you are a, um, into Telegram 0618951019. Now, uh, Pamrani, before we let you go, um, mm. Your favorite favorite entity in the whole world, SAA. Uh, <laughs> they were going to get yeah. rid of it, and they didn't know. And I see. What is the update there? Well, apparently the unions and government uh, have signed up a deal <laughs> of starting another SAA. Can you believe it? <laughs> so we just finished something that is, hasn't been working, making huge losses, consuming taxpayers' money. Money that could have gone to development but was going to the financing of the failing airlines. They now, they now want to start another one. I mean, for the same thing, where there will be political interest, union interest, there will be uh, high incentives of corruption, and so on and so on. And whenever that entity fails again, it's going to consume taxpayers' money. So, I mean, how do you, what's the purpose of this? Um, so that's where they, they are right now. They are saying they want to start another um, another airline owned by the state, which basically means that politicians don't learn anything. Um, so we are going to see SA is coming back in a newer version. Basically, we are going to. My view is that we are going to see the same thing over the next years. That's going to happen. Um, it will turn into the SAA we have seen over the past years being mismanaged, consuming taxpayers' money, making losses, and that's going to have a huge negative impact on, on the taxpayers. So, um, it's quite destructive. I think the way forward should have been just for government to get out, just stay out of, on, of owning, um, airlines, um, industry or being, having a stake there or owning an airline to be uh, exact. So I mean the, the whole thing, man, is um, again proof of the sort of the short-sightedness of our politicians, and maybe one can go as far as saying it is, it is, it's, it's the desperation to to control something, right? Without them having control of something, they don't see themselves as making a difference in the country, and and it's a shame, and it's something that we should sort of be critical of. Uh, as much as we can. Well, there you go. Pamelani Majosi uh, from AfricaLiberty.org. Thank you so much for chatting to us and giving us your perspective on the economy. 
Thank you, sir. Great Thanks. to talk to you.